Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I woke up in beast mode. It's your Yahoo Sports Daily Podcast for September 18th, 2019. But first, sports! If there's one thing I learned from Kawhi Leonard's time in Toronto, it's the power of silence. The scouting report on Kawhi before he arrived here was that he is a quiet guy. Hard to read. Maybe an enigma. Somebody who wasn't marketable and didn't care about not being marketable. And that, of course, was entirely wrong. He was so quiet and unmarketable that being quiet and unmarketable became the entire marketing campaign. We were so desperate to figure out what was going on behind the silence that every clip, every quote, even his laugh became a meme or a t-shirt or a nationwide catchphrase. New Balance, they couldn't keep extremely basic shirts with literally Times New Roman font stocked fast enough to keep up with the demand for Kawhi Leonard products. Not talking became the only thing he did in his commercials, and it worked like gangbusters. And this continued on into free agency, where Kawhi totally, totally controlled the market by using the biggest weapon in his arsenal, complete silence. He was silent, and he asked for silence from his suitors. And this this was Crazy. It drove fans and front offices and teams working themselves into a frenzy because they had nothing to base their hopes and fears on. You could watch it work, too, if you were paying attention. Left with no quotes and no material to work with, talking heads and pundits and bloggers, and everybody sort of created the character of Kawhi Leonard based on guessing what he might be thinking. And as great as Kawhi is at this, and he is great at it, no question, perhaps nobody in the history of sports, has wielded the power of silence better than today's guest, Marshawn Lynch. He was fined by the NFL many times for not talking to the media, and he gave us a a Kawhi-esque quote, really, an all-timer that lives on in infamy, I'm just here so I don't get fined at Super Bowl Media Week. The media, if you remember this back then, absolutely killed him for this. He was labeled as selfish and disgruntled and angry and mean, and he was, like Kawhi, supposedly, somebody that didn't have a personality at all and didn't understand how important it is to have a good relationship with the media. After his playing career ended, it has become all the more apparent that Marshawn, like Kawhi with free agency, knew exactly what he was doing all along. And by forcing the media to play the game his way, was showing that the media is going to do what they want to do no matter what you give them. Now, Now that he's officially retired, Marshawn has completely flipped that narrative around about his personality on his head. He has candy endorsements. He's done several different shows as a comedic actor. He's worked in both his hometown of Oakland and all over the world to use his stature and money to help the less fortunate. He went from somebody you would never get a good quote from to one of the brightest personalities in the recent history of sports. So how do you do it? How do you use not talking as a tool? 
the media would say that I didn't talk. Mm -hmm. I chose not to talk. No, I just chose not to play into their games. But then you have certain athletes who are more vocal about their situation than a third. They still continue to control the narrative. So at the end of the day, they make it what they want to make it. Right, because you come out on the other side of it, right? Like somebody that was all the things that the media portrayed you to be wouldn't have an IDB page full of acting credentials. And that's the least of my uh, accomplishments that absolutely that I'm proud of. Right. Um, I mean, those, those work, and don't get me wrong, I do. But for instance, right now with talking to you, um, I could say, fuck shit, goddamn, right now. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, when this is over, you highlight fuck shit, goddamn. Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm foul speaking. I'm black with dreadlocks. Right. Scary black man. And that can go and play for hours, days, weeks, months. But then the truth of it is, I could tell you shit like, you know, I went over to Haiti and built schools in mm -hmm. Haiti, uh, helped build housing in Haiti, or I, the fact that I have watering systems over in uh, Africa, or, you know, the many camps that I'm done all over the world to help underprivileged uh, youth. That should have get drowned out. Of course. And nobody will hear that. Or the fact that if we walking down the street, motherfucker cold or something, and I'll take my hoodie off and give it to somebody like that. But that'll get drowned off and they only focus on the fuck shit goddamn. So how does <laughs> how does somebody in like how do you change that narrative? Because you've done you've managed to do it where when, now when people talk about you, it is in that positive light. Is it something that you, it's not worth doing during a career or is I don't it... know. Personally I can't personally I can't speak for them young men mm -hmm. because I don't know their mindset and I don't know their intents. Right. Now at the end of the day I could put off whatever I want to see for them young men, for them young Africans. But at the end of the day, they have to make the conscious decision on what it is that or how they want it to play out for them. Mm -hmm. But for me, I didn't give a fuck. Kawhi Leonard, who was here, a California guy, decided to go back to California. <laughs> you, very similarly, California <laughs> guy, when you had the chance, you went back to play in Oakland. What is it about going back to play for your hometown that like casual fans may not understand what people fail to realize is at the end of the day it's a business and that's a job but at the same time it's like most people work where they from just as an athlete if you had an opportunity to play in your hometown it's more like just working where you're from you look at it um at this at this way where it's like when we go out of uh when we go out of our uh, hometown to go and play in a different um, city or whatever, we the gentrifiers. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get, you know, some people that's from the neighborhood like, ah, I don't know about this player you know, being in our, in our community. And then they judge you off that kind of shit, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, when you get to go home, it's like, oh, all the way down to the, to the janitors at the school, like, oh, I remember that little uh, nappy head little boy running around this goddamn hallway. I used to kick him in his ass, tell him to go to class and shit like that. So, I mean, you know, it's just that, that sense of just being at home that, you know what I mean? So, you're here with the zone. We have, we have to talk football. You know, we got to talk football. We got to talk football. When you came into the league, you had two eight, 280 carries your first season. 
And there were nine guys who had that many carries that year. The most recent season, only one had that many carries. Running back role has sort of really... Who was that? It was Elliot Zeke. Okay. Zeke had 300 and some. And nobody else came even close to 280. You watched, basically, over the course of your career, you watched the role of running backs basically dramatically change league-wide. How did you feel about that? There's only, you know, few running backs left. Well, I'll say a few teams Mm -hmm. that actually have that vision of what a running back is because most of them get into, you know, a lot of these new offenses and shit. So, you know, it's just it's just changing throughout the, the game of football. And it, it ends up like none of the top 30 highest paid players are running backs. Do you think that sort of ends up being a cause and effect or is that just? It most definitely it is because, down. I mean, they is because then you, you know, it's, it's, it's like you get uh, uh, paid per your performance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no matter how good of a running back you are, but if you the least productive on the team, then they don't value as much. And I mean, it's a passing league, so mm-hmm. you know where the big bug's going. <laughs> so the more you can do at running back, put you in a better position. Yeah. When you could tote that thing, when you could catch that thing, it begins to be a better situation for yourself. When you look around the league now, which which player would you say is the closest to like the spirit of beast mode as a player? Uh, right now, I, I, I would say uh, Marshawn Lynch because, <laughs> I mean, you know, every because the way that is going is like I embodied something from from uh, a long time ago. And it was like uh, they like to say, like back in the days. Mm-hmm. And I think now you get a more of a, you get a more of a, a new generational type of player. I think what is what is doing is 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 forcing a lot of players to identify themselves with something that you know hasn't been seen before. Like you get uh, like a Saquon uh, Barkley, who who's a big ass dude, but then he moved like he about five three, yeah, a hundred pounds. So you know it's a it's a it's a little different. And then with the way that the rules of the game is changing, they they take away. You can't lower your head type shit. You can't hit a player too hard or anything like that. So, therefore, you got to maneuver with the rules and you got to play in the, in the lines of all of that. When as it was, when I was, you know, I'm getting down, I could lower my head and run full speed into you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it was Absolutely. so it was a little different. <laughs> yeah. But now you got motherfuckers who will rather jump over people, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a, it's a little different, but um, – but at the end of the day, uh, my biggest thing is that any any person that's running the ball as a running back, uh, I like them because I feel I can learn something from them. Just a few more things before we send you on your way this morning. The NHL preseason schedule is officially in full swing with the Maple Leafs taking on the Ottawa Senators last night in Newfoundland. The Sens won 3-1, but I am not here to give you that as an important preseason score, like it's important or something. There are some small things like where Kasperi Kapanen might play and whether Jason Spezza will have a role when the season starts. But ultimately, this is to serve your warning that the NHL season officially gets underway in two weeks' time. Wednesday, October 2nd, 14 days away, is opening night. 
in the NHL. One guy that isn't currently playing NHL preseason games is Winnipeg Jets RFA Patrick Laine. He's in Switzerland, skating with the Swiss team, keeping himself in shape, and dropping some bomb-ass quotes about the Jets while he does it. He told a Finnish outlet, while you're having contract negotiations, one thing always is who you were playing with. With the merits I have, somewhere else, I'd have the opportunity to play with the best players. Everybody who understands hockey knows that. There are top lines, and then there is our line. But I play with the guys I'm told to play with. Line is both being a clever negotiator and also, frankly, not wrong here. I mean, he had 30 goals last year, which was 14 less than the 44 he had the year before. With RFA starting to come off the board and NHL free agency, it's going to be interesting to see where he lines up with this and the Jets because I mean, he can score with the best of them in the league, but it appears the team doesn't quite think he's 20 minutes a night, first-line guy material. We will see how this negotiation goes. I have a feeling it'll be done in the next two weeks. And finally, some feel-good news, finally, from the Toronto Blue Jays. Rookie Kevin Biggio hit for the cycle last night against the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, it still counts, even though it was against the Orioles. With a single, a double, a triple, and a home run in the same game, Biggio is the third player in Jays history to do it. And interesting, this is cool, he and his dad, Craig Biggio, are the second father-son duo in MLB history to both pull it off, so... With 11 games to go, there is just uh, another ounce, a little squeeze of good Blue Jays news left before the season ends. And speaking of ending, that is it for the show today. There is nothing left for you to do but go forward and have a great Wednesday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.